Hello and welcome to Constellan's podcast series on digital business ecosystem management. My name is Bhavesh Patel and I'm the president and CEO of Constellan. Constellan is a pioneering provider of ecosystem management as a service or what we call EMAS. Essentially, we help our customers accelerate revenue, innovation, and time to market by helping them create, manage, and then scale their digital business ecosystems, which can be developer programs, specialized partner ecosystems, and customer-facing marketplaces. In this podcast series, I speak with ecosystem leaders at various businesses to learn more about their experiences uh, and get advice from them. In this third podcast, I'm delighted to be speaking with John Alperin, who is the Managing Director of the DevConnect ecosystem at Avaya. DevConnect is Avaya's combined developer and technology partner ecosystem, along with a, a related marketplace. John, welcome, and thank you for agreeing to participate in this podcast. Thanks, Bavesh. I, I appreciate that invitation, and, and it's good to speak with you again. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Um, so, John, you've been spearheading the strategy and operations overall vision of uh, DevConnect for uh, quite a few years now. Um, and I'm excited to learn more about your and your team's experiences along this journey that you've had where you've created, managed, are managing, and then have scaled um, the ecosystem. So um, for this podcast, you know, maybe we can frame the discussion as follows you know, with, with a number of questions. But before that, perhaps you can start off by introducing yourself, give, give us a little bit of, of your personal background, uh, and also then provide an overview of um, Avaya and, and DevConnect, the ecosystem itself, and then we can jump into the, into the uh, questions. Uh, sure. So my personal background is almost 30 years at this point in the telecommunications and high-tech market. Um, most of that has actually focused on partnerships, alliances, and, and other types of strategic relationships. Um, I joined Avaya back in uh, 2001, just after the company was spun off from Lucent, um, and, and I've actually been in, in that partnership and, and alliance uh, role for probably 18 of those almost 20 years now. Um, the the Avaya DevConnect program um, has been around since the, be the beginning of the company, really, and, and, and I'll talk a little bit about uh, kind of our history, but, um, you know, I've been running it for the last 10 years and, or 10 plus years, and I've been involved with it uh, about 16 years uh, so far. Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of partnership and alliance activity and uh, developer-focused activity in that uh, that background. Via, you know, as a whole, uh, you know, is a, a global leader in collaboration and contact center and unified communications. Um, you know, we focus on helping our customers, which are, you know, businesses of all sizes, shapes, and, um, you know, uh, everything from small business up to the global 100, um, create experiences that matter 
in how they interact with their customers and how they allow their employees to interact with one another, whether that's through voice, whether that's through video, uh, whether that's through conferencing or um, through uh, you know any digital channel that exists today. Excellent. No, so you have a very very rich uh, you know background, obviously in in ecosystems and ecosystem management. Um, and so maybe the first question, John, would be. Uh, what was the trigger for building, uh, you know, your ecosystem, uh, DevConnect, um, and maybe talk talk to us a little bit about what, what what the trigger was and how you got going. So, like I said, uh, the DevConnect program really has its roots at the the start of Avaya as a as an independent company back in in two thousand one. Um, at that time we really focused on interoperability. Um, we focused on how Avaya's products ran over the uh, IP, IP uh, network infrastructure from companies like Cisco and others. Um, we focused on uh, interoperability with third-party vendors who were building media gateways or building call recording systems um, or building uh, phones at that point in time. Um, and, and we really saw a lot of value for our customers in having a formal interop program by which our customers could uh, feel confident that when they were deploying a via technology, either in conjunction with or over the top of third party uh, products, they knew it was going to work. They knew that Avaya would stand behind it from a support perspective. Um, in Right about 2004, Avaya started uh, opening up more of the interfaces to our platforms um, from a software perspective. So it wasn't just standards-based interoperability or hardware-based interoperability, but rather software. And that's kind of where our, um, our partner program elements started kind of maturing. Um, we started looking at companies that we really wanted to work with, that we wanted to um, do more with and, and that would help sell Avaya's products uh, or would fill gaps in our um, portfolio and find, fill some of those white spaces where Avaya was simply not going to invest on its own, but we saw clear customer demand. Around about 2007, which is uh, generally where I kind of joined the program, um, we took that information, those the APIs, the documentation, um, the technical support services that we had been offering to our technology partners, and we really decided to open it up and make it a developer program um, as much as a, a technology partner program. Um, at that point in time, um, Avaya and many of the other companies that were in our industry all had this, but but we kind of, everybody ran it as sort of a walled garden. You applied to become part of a program, you were reviewed, you were assessed, you were given access. Um, and, and one of the first things that I took on when I joined the program was turning that model sort of on its head and creating an open developer program. Um, and we spent a lot of energy trying to figure out what we could expose publicly, how we could entice developers um, to get 
involved to start investing in building applications and solutions that leverage Avaya's core capabilities because information about the APIs was now freely available. There weren't as many hurdles as uh, other programs still had in place. We had tremendous success and growth uh, as a result of doing that. Uh, we went from about 100 or so technology partners to almost 400 in the span of a, a two or three year time frame. We went from having you know, a, a couple of thousand developers to having tens of thousands and multiple tens of thousands of developers in the program in, in the course of uh, a few years. Um, we were generally seeing about a 10% year over year growth rate uh, in the program. You know, we kicked in developer marketing, we kicked in partner marketing uh, efforts uh, over that, and, and we continued to grow. Uh, and, and, you know, we built the program up from there. Uh, today, uh, the DevConnect program serves over 130,000 developers. We serve over 30,000 uh, businesses uh, via customers, channel partners, and, and technology companies alike. We've added commercial programs, uh, a select product program um, to the mix where some of our technology partners are able to be sold uh, through Avaya and on Avaya paper. And we've added some, uh, some variety to our marketing for our partners that are focused on AI solutions and introduced a, a small ecosystem called AI Connect, which lets us bring uh, higher value or higher visibility to a range of relationships, uh, both in our DevConnect uh, and, uh, community as well as outside of it, that are strategically aligned with what Avaya is doing in the contact center space and, and in the unified communi communication and collaboration space with uh, the, the idea of applying AI capabilities to those, uh, to those markets. Oh, that's uh, very, very impressive. Uh, in terms of you know growth along multiple dimensions, you know whether it's number of developers, number of partner organizations, and it sounds like you're now also expanding um, the scope uh, of the ecosystem. So you know, congratulations on that. I, I find it pretty unique that and sounds you know relatively pioneering that I think DevConnect is a combined developer and partner. Um, ecosystem and and what we've seen you know historically is you know it's usually either a developer ecosystem either a partner ecosystem um, you know so so if you have any insights on kind of the combined aspect of your ecosystem I think that's very unique uh, and, and you know audience would benefit from that insight as well yeah, we, we've always kind of, as we've evolved this program over the, the past 20, 20 years or so, um, we've always kind of looked at it as in order to be a technology partner, you have to be a developer. And, and as a developer, there's a natural growth towards a technology partner, particularly if what you are developing is not just for your in, is not something for your internal use, but rather something you want to sell. Mm -hmm. um, so we've we've worked hard to to sort of create the bridges back and forth 
companies that that have approached us, you know, saying, "Hey, we have a solution. We want to go to market with you," are generally starting from a sort of a, a different point. But many of them are still coming to us and saying, "You know, how do we get started?" Um, and for that, it's well, here's all the developer stuff, and and there's a a very low entry cost, if you will, because it is a free developer program to go out, get started, um, get access to not just the the API and SDK information, but even get access to uh, to some of our sandboxes and, and remote labs in order to prototype and develop those proof of concept uh, implementations. Uh, and then for the the technology partners, you know, as they start to to formalize, you know, their go to market objectives and and what they want to do, you know, we have a range of benefits in in our program for them, um, including the ability to outfit their own labs, the ability to conduct formal interop and what we call compliance testing now. Um, and then a range of, of go-to-market and co-marketing options uh, for them as well. The developer side really, you know, focuses in on technical support. And, and while we do some free technical support, we also have paid options uh, for our developers that, that want to have a higher level of troubleshooting, a higher level of uh, handholding or what they, you know, whatever it is that they need priority um, to get done the projects that they need to get done. Excellent. No, I think, I think that's very, very unique. Um, so maybe moving to the kind of the next, uh, question here, John. So what, what did you consider when, um, you know, creating DevConnect in terms of the infrastructure to support whatever the ecosystem requirements were? Well, initially it was very organic. Like I said, we kind of started with an interop program. We were using some very basic tooling. We needed to, you know, build as we went into our partner, our initial steps of partner program. You know, we needed to build out a, a website that let us sort of not only deliver you know, information and assets and resources like uh, software development kits or documentation to our partners, but also give us a way of tracking and managing the issues that were being raised by them, um, the, the support tickets, uh, tracking and managing the uh, the testing activities that we were doing with them and, and keeping track, of course, of the um, the participants, uh, you know, there's the basic member management of their IDs and their passwords and, uh, you know, email addresses and things like that. We, you know, we built a lot of that in-house. We built a lot of that as it was needed. And we found, unfortunately, after a bit of time that it was, it was painful to continue to evolve that, particularly as we started wanting to make this an open developer program where developer marketing was a much more important element of how we attracted developers and, and what we did. And, and that was really kind of the starting point of, of our relationship with Constellant as we started looking at what we had and what we really wanted to have, uh, where we wanted to go. The good news as, as we worked with the Constellant team was you know, we were hitting all of the checkboxes of what a developer or partner or ecosystem program really should consider having. 
but we were just doing this by you know the the uh, skin of our our teeth with a homegrown system and you know where we gained significant advantage was in moving towards the 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 formal platform and the, and the supportable platform that Constellent was offering with uh, content management, with the workflows and ticketing systems and, and full partner relationship management tools and reporting tools and everything else. We didn't have to uh, uh, put everything together with string and bailing wire like we had been doing. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... That's that's been a great uh, partnership, uh, you know, over the years, and um, you know, we continue to grow as well and and learn from kind of you and your team, and so maybe then you know, kind of moving to today um, and, and kind of the third question, how are you managing the infrastructure today, uh, including, you know, aside from the infrastructure, user experience, data analytics, you know. Um, any insights on how you're managing it today? It really truly is a partnership with Constellent. We do, we rely on the Constellent team for, you know, the infrastructure operations, um, for even helping us do some support for our, our members of our, our program members. My team sort of owns the, the content, the, the, the user experience, if you will, um, uh, the data analytics and, and how successful we're being. Um, but we, we rely heavily on the Constellent team to help put our vision into reality. Um, things that we want to do, changes we want to make to the site, um, directions we want to go in. Uh, we added uh, a couple of years ago an entire new product line. We brought the Constellant team in. We talked about you know, wanting to do something different, wanting to, to move to more of a online documentation and, and, and closer at the time to what is now a DevOps experience. And, you know, it turned out really well. The Constellant team, you know, helped us figure out how to implement the vision we had um, and work with my product teams, work with my own team to, to create and implement the, the processes that let us uh, introduce a, a new product for a new audience in a new way. Um, and it's it's been very successful. My team still tracks the, the metrics for that. And, and we work with product management uh, on improving them, you know, month by month, year by year. Uh, so, you know, it's still my responsibility ultimately for our success, but I'll say I probably could not do it without Constellent being there at my side day in and day out. Absolutely. And, and uh, the, the feeling is mutual. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've learned along the way and glad to hear we, we've contributed as well. Um, so speaking of success and kind of rewarding mo moments, um, you know, you and your team have kind of taken DevConnect from launch into, you know, um, orbit uh, and you're in space and, you know, steady state and growing. Um, maybe share with the audience, um, you know, any of your most rewarding moments uh, along this journey. Wow. Um, we probably had many of them. Uh, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to pick one or two. Um, <laughs> You know, it's like I said, it's, it's 20 years, there's a lot of good things that, that we've done along the way. I, you know, 
opening up and becoming one of the first open ecosystems in the communications um, uh, market space was mm. certainly an exciting thing for us to do. Nobody else was doing it at the time. We've, you know, things that I'm really proud of, we have a lot of really long-standing partners. Um, our ecosystem, while there is always some ebb and flow in the industry as, uh, you know, cycles of acquisition and innovation come, you know, we've seen a lot of players that were part of our program be bought up by other players in our program, um, or actually many, uh, many of Avaya's own acquisitions have been from the DevConnect ecosystem because it's been proven um, both technically and, and from a go-to-market perspective that those solutions have value. Um, so it's, it's been a good uh, fodder and, 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 and fostering um, opportunity for Avaya uh, to look at for future M&A. But at the same time, as new ideas and new new growth areas are emerging uh, artificial intelligence being one um you know we're seeing a new group a, a new type of partner come into our our ecosystem um and looking for opportunities to engage with us and everything else and it's exciting because it, it kind of keeps us on our toes it, it shows us new ways that our technology um, can be leveraged or expanded by by others in the ecosystem there's some other, you know, small areas uh, that that you know I'm kind of proud of. Um, one of the things that we did very early on for our technology partners, and we expanded on it when we we started focusing on developers, was creating what what we at the time called remote labs. Um, and and I try to use the term sandbox now, but in in truth, these remote labs were really the first cloud solutions that Avaya was creating and making available. Um, they were operated and out of my data centers, they were run by my team, but they were used by third parties that needed to conduct and, and uh, build solutions, use our APIs and do interoperability. At the time when we started building them, our software was designed to be run on a premise. It was not virtualized. In fact, VMware really didn't exist at the time. Um, you know, we couldn't, we didn't have, uh, you know, Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud or, or IBM to, to leverage for virtualized infrastructures and, and everything else. So the, my team, my engineering team in DevConnect had to create environments that we could manage, that we could spin up and roll out for our developer community to use. And it really was almost the first generation of a cloud service. We just mm -hmm. didn't realize it at the time. You know, over the years, a lot of what we've learned from building things and doing things for developers have shown our product teams ways to think about how they offer uh, services and, and how they're creating th uh, cloud solutions that our customers, via customers can use, um, or environments for our channel partners and sales teams to be able to go out and, and sell and demonstrate uh, on. So, you know, I'm very proud of the work that the team has done and, and it's supported a number of other Avaya efforts behind the scenes um, that uh, I don't think folks would necessarily have realized. 
And I think the other, um, the last one of the really rewarding things, um, in 2009, Avaya acquired Nortel's enterprise business, which it just on the surface was a, a huge corporate integration effort um, uh, uh, and, and cultural together of two very large um, uh, and, and very technical uh, organizations. Um, you know, we in, in DevConnect had to sort of integrate in the Nortel developer program, not just the, the, the programmatics, the partners, uh, we had to integrate in the technologies, but we also had to integrate in the team members that were part of running that program. And so we brought all of that stuff together uh, under the banner of DevConnect. And uh, it was a very significant effort. And, and in the end, I, I believe it was a very successful one. Um, we maintained and kept a, a large number of the Nortel um, developer program partners. Um, we actually ended up eventually reintroducing um, the commercial programs that Nortel had as part of the Avaya Select product program that we currently are, are running for our DevConnect partners overall. Um, so very proud of how the teams have merged together uh, and, and how we've continued to, to serve the, uh, the ecosystem needs uh, that came either from traditional Avaya or as part of that Nortel acquisition. Oh, that's excellent. Lots of great uh, rewarding moments. Um, uh, so maybe maybe switching over to the other side of the coin. So you talked a little bit about rewarding moments, you know, in terms of challenges, and you talked a little bit earlier about uh, the scaling challenges that you had along this journey. Uh, but any other challenges that um, you and your team face that you want to talk about? Uh, as you, you know, kind of grew the ecosystem and, and maybe a little bit of insight into how you resolve those challenges? I think the, the biggest challenge that we continue to work is the one of pure scope. Uh, we're not, Avaya is not a small company. Avaya is a very large company. We have a wealth of different kinds of solutions for different sizes of business, for different needs, whether it's unified communications, whether it's contact center. And that translates into an incredible amount of material and, and opportunity for both our developers and our technology partners. Um, you know, we, we support I think over 60 different platforms, over 150 different interfaces, whether those are APIs or standards-based interfaces. Um, we cover technology scope that moves uh, across, you know, Java developers and .NET developers to Android developers and iOS developers um, to, you know, uh, web RTC technology to SIP technology to um, probably 70 different kinds of solutions that you could surround or incorporate into a contact center. That's just it's a huge amount of material and information, um, both to make accessible to our, our developers, but also to inherently internally be capable of supporting. 
Um, that's, you know, my biggest challenge is sort of the what's coming next and how do we fold it into the program, into the site, into the navigation, into the marketing and, and everything else that we're doing and, and who are the partners that we want to go off and target and recruit? Who are the customers that are going to use this? Are they small business? Are they large business? Um, who are the developer personas? Are they, you know, hardcore uh, communication developers or are they web developers or are they business analysts who are going to use a tool or a tool set that is perhaps a, a low code or no code mm -hmm. uh, tool set as we go. So just kind of keeping up and, and, and making making ourselves sufficient and, and scalable um, is honestly my biggest challenge. Um, the way we're doing this and the way we're trying to be successful at it is actually moving towards a center of excellence approach. Trying to, uh, rather than put all the burden onto a small group of DevConnect engineers or uh, business development people or marketing people, we're really trying to shift our model where individual product teams are going and becoming more responsible for their content, their membership. Um, we want to provide them the tooling. We want to provide them the guidance. We want to provide them uh, consistent models by which they operate without necessarily taking on the burden of having to specialize in a particular language or tool set or capability set that the R&D and product teams have already established. Um, so that's that's a work in progress for us. We're doing um, doing this with some of our product teams more than, than others. Um, but as we go forward and as Avaya, is is investing more heavily in cloud solutions uh, and uh, more heavily in sort of DevOps processes. We're starting to tie more and more of that story together, um, where DevConnect can be internally more of a center of excellence and and rely more on our uh, individual product teams to to actually provide the expertise through our platforms and through our tool sets to, to serve our ecosystem and, and developer community. That's great. Yeah. I mean, growth in terms of uh, scope and related opportunities is, is, uh, is, is a challenge and is a good challenge to have. So that's excellent. Um, so maybe sw switching gears a little bit towards the future now. Um, so in terms of kind of the future and vision. And, and, and I think you talked a little bit about it along the way uh, in this podcast, but what excites you the most about the, the future of DevConnect? So there's a couple of things. One is the go-to-market opportunities. Um, you know, we've seen tremendous growth in um, uh, Avaya's uh, overall corporate results through what we call CAPS, um, and CAPS is a measure of um, uh, cloud adoption, uh, alliances, which include the, the DevConnect partners that we go to market with, uh, and subscriptions. And, uh, you know, uh, while I 
can't give public information about, you know, how much that uh, the the alliance partners and DevConnect partners contribute to that CAPS metric. Um, I can say that you know we are excited by the opportunities to do more with our partners, uh, and that that we're continuing to look for um, new uh, you know new solutions, new capabilities, uh, and and the the business cases and customer opportunities that they represent to continue growing. Uh, the value of that CAPS metric for the company and, and, and our contribution to it. Um, the, the migration to cloud and the focus that we have on expanding AI capabilities has, has me really jazzed for you know, the next couple of years. Um, uh, not only is the, the cloud adoption among Avaya customers and, and net new customers growing by leaps and bounds, um, it really does open up a whole new set of opportunities for uh, developers and third parties to, to leverage Avaya. Um, and leverage Avaya in a, in a more simple way than they have in, in the traditional premise-based software that Avaya has previously sold. Um, in the premise-based you know, cases, every customer had a different version of Avaya based on their own upgrade cycles or, or strategic plans to invest. In the cloud, everybody has the same. Everybody gets the same version. And that really does make it uh, enticing and interesting and, and simpler for our ecosystem to build something that works with Avaya and start going and, and attaching to a, a much larger ready-made audience uh, of customers. So, you know, excited by that opportunity for them um, and, you know, therefore the opportunity that working with them helps us as well. Excellent. No, that's great. Um, and, and so maybe one last question, John. Um, uh, so in, in terms of any advice um, you want to give to the audience based on your and your team's experience with uh, DevConnect, anything you want to share there or are there any other, you know, um, you know, industry or vertical specific items that uh, you'd like to discuss. I think you did discuss some of them along the way, uh, but but any just kind of open advice or any anything you you would want to mention. Well, let me let me talk a little bit about you know the industry specific considerations. Mm -hmm. You know, DevConnect operates as a global program. One of our as as a global program, one of our biggest concerns is data privacy and security. Um, and, and I don't want to, you know, underplay, uh, I know we've worked a lot with the Constellant team to, to review the security policies and the data privacy policies and, and make sure everything has been properly implemented and, and everything else. But uh, it's just a, it's a tremendously important consideration for us um, as we do business globally, as we roll out capabilities and, and particularly as we're introducing cloud solutions on a global basis to be very clear uh, and careful on how we are protecting uh, the information of our members. And, and that's not just from uh, you know, a security infrastructure but from all of the other considerations, including the right to be forgotten and, and other, other data privacy, GDRP 
um, uh, sorry, GDPR mm-hmm. uh, considerations. So, you know, that's that's a big one for us. I don't know that that's necessarily telecom industry related, but it, it certainly is um, for anybody that wants to operate on a global basis. I, I wouldn't. I would say, you know, don't underestimate just how much uh, thought you have to give to what data you're capturing about your members and how you're using it. In terms of, you know, kind of advice to to being successful with a, an ecosystem program, I guess the advice that I'd offer is understand why you're building an ecosystem, understand who you want in those ecosystems. Um, Some ecosystems are purely based around, you know, the what's in it for me. I'm willing to have somebody in my ecosystem because they, you know, I can resell their product or their product consumes uh, minutes of my cloud solution or, or, database queries or something else that I can monetize. Um, Our ecosystem, you know, has elements of that, but our ecosystem is also built around the idea of customer choice and customer drivers. Um, And there are a number of Avaya competitors that are part of our ecosystem because they have solutions that work with subsets of Avaya products, and we have customers who require or demand that we interoperate and we, we stand behind interoperating with those solutions. And, and while that may be a very difficult conversation to have internally uh, across different product lines at Avaya, it's it's very easy for us to have that uh, with our customers because we've taken an approach of an open interoperability and an open developer program to be able to say, you know, they can interoperate with us. Here's how they do it. Here's what they need to do. I don't necessarily need to go to market with them, but I can serve uh, serve my actual end customer very well by being open. Um, Not all ecosystems necessarily have to fit that mold, but we felt it was important for us. Yeah, I think that's a very critical point that you mentioned, John. So, um, um, but yeah, thanks. This has been excellent. Uh, So thank you again, John, for... uh, for a very, very informative and, and insightful session uh, and, and sharing your uh, experiences uh, with, uh, with the DevConnect ecosystems uh, and, and providing advice. Uh, I think that this podcast will be very, very helpful uh, for, uh, for our listeners. And so um, thank you again for making time to speak with me, John. Um, and uh, to you, the listener of this podcast, thank you for listening. Goodbye, everyone. All right, Bivesh, thank you very much for the opportunity and uh, goodbye to everybody that's listening. Likewise. Thanks very much, John.